When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the second part of the Zamo Odyssey, we're looking at the period of the Grinch Hill history in 1986 when Zamo Maguire, played by Lee MacDonald, a much-loved character in Grinch Hill, uh, succumbed to the evil that was heroin that seemed to be rife everywhere in the nation at the time yeah um, and last week to be honest we didn't really explore too much of it but just to get you up to date if you want to follow along uh, this episode is on YouTube you can have a look it's uh, series 9 episode 14 if you just do a search for Grange Hill Zamo Heroin it'll be the one that comes up first in the results so you can watch along don't worry if you missed it last time we're only about two minutes into the episode um, <clears throat> but this episode is the one where Zamo um, is outed as a heroin user a smackhead, a junkie but there's also uh, another storyline that weaves in around it which is two of the girls from Grinchill who I think are in the same year as Zamo and, and Roland who's also in this and they are uh, Julia Glover and uh, Laura Regan. And they're nice girls from good homes. They are, good yeah. Good families. Another great, like, another great sort of um, demonstration of, of what comprehensive schools were like. They're still like it. I mean, yeah. you know, our kids still are, state yeah. schools. But I don't know, yeah, like Grainchild did it really well. Like mm. now, yeah. Sometimes you'll see things nowadays that are set in a state school, and it's like very binary. Like nice, posh, polite people go to posh private schools, and mm. like fucking state schools are just like hellscapes full of like <laughs> lunatics and like <clears throat> criminals. And like Grange Hill did a really good job of like reflecting the actualities of a of a comprehensive school in the 80s yeah. and these two girls are not they're not posh or snooty or snobby but they are from like nicer homes than probably Zamo and Roland are yeah but and even th- they then are. 
they've got their own troubles. So again, like you can't just on the basis of like their socioeconomic circumstances sort of make assumptions about how happy or secure their lives are. Yeah. One's in a in a single parent family, and there's a bit of discussion about how that's quite tough. And mm. the and the other one is in a more nuclear family, but is actually less happy than her friend in this in a single parent yeah. family because in her nuclear family there is a a father a patriarch who as we we're about to discover is rather toxic he's a cunt yeah he's a cunt he's a cunt and, and, and to be honest I think we both went into this episode remembering the scenes with Zemo and the heroin plotline it's what mm. makes it such a legendary television episode that we've chosen to deep dive here but in actual fact when we watched it what we'd forgotten about and what I found far more engaging than even the heroin plotline was this cunt of a dad and his fucking behaviour. Exactly. So the dad is the dad of Julia Glover. Um, and the first time we see him, he is helping out his uh, son, Stephen, with mm. a job application that he's doing. And he, he critiques it. He says, look, it's messy. It's crumpled. I says something like, if this came into me, I'd toss it, up, toss it in the bin. Yeah. It's pathetic. Straight away, the right the, as you said in the previous episode, the writing in this is pin sharp. It's as good it as is. it's as good as all the shit that now gets all the accolades on HBO or any yeah. of the streamers. Right, this is a, a bit of very believable and authentic dialogue that immediately establishes this everything you need to know about this character. Right, yeah, yeah here's a cunt. and the other thing cunt. that establishes him very quickly as a fucking cunt. Right, is he's wearing. Is his clothes? I know you shouldn't judge people on appearances, but he's in—he's got this neat, what I call a Tory hairstyle, right? Yeah. There are certain hairstyles that only Tories can have. He's got it, right? Neat and sensible, right? And then he's got this sort of pastely, like argyle sweater on, but not a cool one like the casuals or the soul boys at the time would have worn, right? I reckon he's got that. He's picked that up at fucking CNA, right? Yeah, and some slacks and some slip-ons. Yeah. And he is, and he is in this little like suburban semi, and everything about him fucking screams ghastly Tory. Yeah, cunt. everything in the house is neat. I'm looking at it now. There's a sideboard with a lamp and some ornaments on. They've got pictures <laughs> framed nicely on the wall. It's, everything you on the shelves are all neatly arranged. Hashtag neat house cunt. <laughs> neat house cunt. Yeah. New um, T-shirt for I mean, us the, the, to the sell. The amplified there. version of this kind of character was was Martin Bryce in the brilliant ever decreasing circles. Yeah, but he was more likable than this cunt. Well, yeah, of course, that, that, which is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and I will not debate that with anybody. Don't at me; he will die on that hill. Yeah, completely. So then uh, he's he's basically cunted off his son for this job application. I mean, the son is wearing a, a V-neck sweater with a shirt underneath. With the collars of the shirt peeping over so the top So he's obviously of the breeding his son to so, be a, 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 like a clone. Yeah, he's in his image. Yeah, yeah that's what exactly those dads that. do. Those dads, yeah. I've, I know them in real life. I've met people like this. They think, I am basically like an amazing man. I'm everything a man should be. Yeah. And I will basically clone myself with my son. This and is my son and heir. I will cajole him into being like a fucking carbon copy of me. Exactly. To continue my bloodline. Exactly. And the first thing I will teach him is the importance of a neatly presented curriculum vitae. 
And also to find a, wa- a wife who is white. <laughs> and source an affordable home in a white area. <laughs> of which there are increasingly few in this part of London where we live. Grange Hill. That is why I'm thinking of moving to the home counties where Thatcher's people reside. <laughs> I want to move to the home counties, but I can't afford it. <laughs> I can't get that promotion at work. The beating away at me. If I continue to play golf at the same course as my boss, perhaps he will look fondly upon me in the next round of promotions, and then we shall move to the home counties. <laughs> the mortgage will be smaller, but that's offset by the commuter costs. <laughs> oh god the mortgage will all be barely be affordable and the pressure of paying it every month will cause me to twitch in, in the eye but it will be worth it because I will appear to be a successful man in order to quell the screaming of my demons I will sink ever further into my secretive sexual perversions <laughs> oh god always always try to please my father even though he is long since in the grave daddy daddy do you love me now daddy you see daddy I am of value I am of worth (laughs) fucking hell yeah basically Uh, his dad is a fucking cunt but thank god his daughter is rebelling it's too late for his son his son's already it's already fucking carved in stone that his son's going to turn out to be a cunt but the daughter yeah, has got something about her. She's got a bit of bollocks and she's decided that she's going <clears> to <throat> basically push back on all his bullshit. Yeah, because, I mean, she comes into the room and she's talking about she's planning to go away for a couple of nights to stay with her friend Laura. and uh, uh, dad's Laura's dad's. Uh, but this is obviously a cover story because they're, they're going to a party. An all-nighter. Uh, spoiler. Um, so she's talking about what she's packing for it and her dad tells her not to take that jumper that she's got that's big and baggy and uh, she should wear a nice dress if she's going out with Laura's father for yeah, to a restaurant off. a nice dress is what you shall wear uh, not that baggy jumper um, and then as she's about to leave the room he says leave that sweater he says it doesn't do anything for you so he's trying to fucking tell her what to wear and dress her up like yeah, I mean, a doll or whatever. straight away this is toxic territory isn't it it's massive red flags coercive control yeah exactly um, <clears throat> and uh, then we, we see a scene with Laura who's our pal and um, her mum is a single mum she's also the teacher at the school isn't she yeah Mrs. and, Regan. and she's, she's bemoaning the fact that she didn't get the promotion she was looking for yeah and it seems because to be that was, there was some sexism involved in it. There was, it was said that a man was required for the job. Yeah, they openly said it. It's really interesting. Again, yeah, Green yeah. Chills gives you insights to like the cultural differences of the time. And even though you were alive at the time, it really shocks shocks you now because she's yeah. saying that in the job they were absolutely open at the school and unashamed about saying we really need a man for this job. And references like to, to her being a single mum as well. Um, about, you are? Because they, 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 of course, were demonised in the mid-80s by... Who um, were? Single mums. Oh, yeah, single mums, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she, she says some interesting <laughs> stuff about that, doesn't she? And they were demonised, yeah. 
it's it's obvious that the uh, the family that's the single parent family is healthier than the one that's got this toxic cunt as the dad yeah and that's the end of that little bit and then we go back to the arcade again um, <laughs> Roland's emptying the machines uh, into a plastic tub all the ten pences are coming out and Zamo skulks back in uh, looking for his money that he wants to borrow he says you got it yet <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know uh, do you have that money for me, please? Yeah. You, you got it, are yeah. You able, are you able to help me? What's the yeah, matter with this you? place? <laughs> Blimey. What's yeah. the matter with this place? <laughs> um, I could have gone down a building society, got a loan. <laughs> um, and I think Roland says something like, people will get suspicious. And uh, Zamo says, tell them I'm special branch. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> that's convincing, isn't it? Uh. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so he's still trying to get the money out of Roland uh, back to the girls again they're heading out for the night out that's the secret night out uh, they're in a cafe having a burger before they go on to whichever house party they're going to and um, I think it's Julia that says you might get off with one of these Swedish boys my mate says one of them's really fabulous fabulous yeah <laughs> fabulous Swedish boys <laughs> a party full of fabulous Swedish boys I mean I must admit that does sound on? good even yeah. as, even as a straight male, I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, if I was a bird and I'd heard there was a party <laughs> full of fabulous Swedish boys, I'd be fucking in there like yeah, swimwear. Of course, definitely. Um, and they're heading off out of the cafe, but a car drives past and drives through a puddle and splashes Laura's skirt and tights. So I'm thinking straight away, pod. loads of blokes who look like um, what's his name, Chris Hemsworth, when he's playing Thor at the party. Yeah, dressed as Thor. Yeah, just loads of Fighting big, muscular style. Swedish lads dressed as Thor. <laughs> Either that Bjorn, or Freddie Lundberg. Bjorn Borg. <laughs> Headbands <Yeah>. on. <laughs> that would have been it in the 80s, yeah. A lot of stubbled Bjorn Borg types. Yeah. Um, so they have to go to the pub so Laura can get cleaned up. And they get into the pub, all right? They, they look they look kind of old enough, I guess. So they're only going in to use the, the ladies' toilet. And... Um, but then again we cut back again to the um, the arcade and a couple of a couple of well I, I don't know what I would describe them as scruffs greasers um, outsiders they look like trouble and they come in and they're looking for Zamo and Roland tells them he hasn't been in yet um, and uh, they say did you lend him any money and Roland says no so they tell him that the bike has been moved and they give him an address yeah so they've got to pass that message on to Zamo when they see him so I guess the bike is the smack there, there they go yeah <laughs> he'll know what we mean yeah that's what he says doesn't yeah. he just tell him so um, it's it zips along back to the the pub and the two girls go into the ladies and there's a pair of stereotypical wankers standing in the doorway of the oh, ladies great 80s wankers these two aren't <laughs> oh, they oh yeah yeah um, let, letting them in but obviously gatekeeping the door to the ladies because that's where they're hovering to try yeah and well they're on the fruity it's, aren't they but it's it, right by the ladies toilet yeah yeah they're, but they're there to, to get any women that come by it's kind of like when it's you first football as a kid and you hang around next to the goal line the whole time yeah it's 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 not fair you know, it's they're just, a real um, couple of horrible cunts but again 
it's the sort of scene that in this era you didn't take that seriously because it was so commonplace so it's not yeah. they're not presenting it as okay they present it as not okay but they also present it as sort of quite a casual thing to have this happened this is how it is whereas yeah, in, in a show now if they did it it would be presented quite rightly as a much more sort of profound and and serious matter jalapeño jalapeño these are two young girls well underage going into a pub because they've just got to use the pub toilet to yeah. sort themselves out and these two lads are literally just fucking harassing them straight yeah. away two girls who are like 15 they're just fucking openly harassing them no one does anything and then they even don't leave it there when the girls leave the pub they follow them to the bus That's stop the and carry on and I'm actually yeah. finding it quite scary it's but the girls are sort of yeah. like this is just I'm, I'm, it's but, not really that scary this is just the shit happens yeah. every time you go out and without without spoiling it because it happens later on but they do they do win the situation the two girls yeah yeah, um, yeah. make fools of them but um, you know one of them says the classic line cheer up darling it might never happen yeah again fuck off just normal in those days that was like I mean it was unimaginative banter but that's why it's good it's, writing I, I don't even think it's in those days Sam I think it still happens what cheer up it might never happen oh, they've got to have something yeah, better I mean, now haven't they I, I, yeah no I think men still, really still haven't happens. progressed oh fucking hell yeah um, <clears throat> any of the female listeners to this podcast will probably mm. um, agree I always um, go for the hello darling what you got in your handbag what's in your handbag at Rod Stewart yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit different isn't it <clears throat> oh, come on darling it's a bit different give me oh, that I'm only mucking about don't be like Cheer that up. might never happen you've got a lovely smile should use it more often um, wouldn't hurt would it um so then Roland's colleague back at the arcade Des is telling him to go on a break because it's late it's late in the evening and fucking Roland's been there all day because Roland's still waiting for Zamo to come back with the money that mm. he gave him the 50 quid and Roland confesses to Des that he took 50 quid out of the float 50 good. quid in 1986 fucking oh. hell it's a lot good. of money it's a good bit of acting as well isn't it because like yeah. you see Roland's wrestling with what he's done yeah, and yeah. in the end he just thinks I'm just going to admit it because Roland's see- a good man and he knows he's done yeah. something wrong and he thinks I'm not I'm not prepared to lie I'm just going to come out and tell him That's uh, it, the yeah. geezer who's sort of like the geezer he's talking to is basically middle management at the yes, arcade yeah. isn't he so he's yeah. one level above Roland but he is not the the main the big cheese who he's, comes who comes around just to collect the money. Comes for the money. I think he's called Fergus. I think yeah, Fergus. Fergus. And he's, like that. he's yeah. referred he's, to, and you know yeah. that he's a man he's not to be fucking yeah. Mess with Fergus. This is just Des with him. Yeah. Right, and Des Des. Go on, go on. This guy, he's quite. Um, he's a great eighties arcade middle <laughs> management figure, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because he's got. Yeah. He can't quite let go of the fifties which a lot yeah. of fellas of that age couldn't in those days. So he's still got a bit of brill cream and a sort of a, a mini quiff. Yeah. And I think, is his T-shirt sleeveless? Um, I'm just looking now. His T-shirt isn't... It's it, in The sleeve that we can see is kind of rolled up. He's got a slight Marlon Brando in the, the <clears throat> you know, the, what do you call it? His, Not on the waterfront, the other one, the wild one or whatever. Slight yeah. James Dean sort of fixation. Yeah. Yeah, he's got um, yeah, he's got that kind of quiff that's been pulled towards the front and greased. Every man who worked in a 
arcade or a fairground back in those days was refusing to let go of the 1950s (laughs) the rock and roll era weren't they yeah he's had his left ear pierced as well but not the right one yeah Uh, as was the fashion of the time Uh, yeah this is Des and Des uh, yeah Roland admits he's took 50 quid out of the float and Des says that's noteworthy that's pushing it (laughs) if it had been a fiver or something like that he might have got away with it Fergus wouldn't have noticed yeah 50 50 quid and And he he gives Roland some really funny advice now doesn't he he just goes what should I do and Roland goes and Des just goes just fuck off yeah get, get over here well, Again, Fergus really realistic because that's the sort yeah. of thing someone would say to you that all you can do is just go away never and maybe back. never come back. <laughs> yeah. Hope he doesn't know where you live. Yeah. But of course he will do because Roland will have given his proper address when he took yeah. the job and everything and his national insurance number and all that. Um, so, But Roland sticks around because obviously he wants to sort it out. He wants to make right what's, what he's done wrong. But back to the pub and the girls are leaving the pub after cleaning up and everything the two blokes follow them out um, it's like fucking prey in a in a jungle isn't it almost it's disgusting yeah it, it is but the girls handle like, themselves pretty well oh yeah yeah this, the fellas are like can we camp to the party and all this and it. no uh, you got fellas waiting there come back to the pub we'll buy you a drink and give you a lift um <clears throat> And Julia's doing all the talking and Laura's just sitting there saying nothing. So uh, one of the fellas says, she don't say a lot, does she? <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic cunt line. Yeah, yeah. What's the matter, Julia cat, she's got your de- tongue? <clears throat> yeah. Julia says, she's deaf and dumb, which is a great comeback. Fucking brilliant. And he says, no, she ain't. Oh, is she? <laughs> he thinks <laughs> yeah, something up, really maybe th- she is. What? They're profundly stupid, aren't yeah, they? They're fucking morons. Yeah. yeah. And the other one says, Actually, I quite like that. A bird that can't answer back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking hell. <clears throat> but the bus comes, and um, they they just fuck them off, basically. Um, they jump on the bus. And they uh, shout. But, they, they, to... then they, then they rumble her, then. They, like, she mugs them off at the end. Oh, yeah, she says something. Yeah, she does a bit of sign language and then she says something. She does sign language, and they both yeah. start to believe that she's deaf and dumb. And yeah. then they get on the bus, and they go, yeah. How come you can talk? And she just swings out uh, the bus. How come she can hear what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that it. it. Yeah. And, it's bit, it's bit and she shouts about, I'll, I'll read your the lips. Yeah, Up yeah. yours, dickheads. And just disappears yeah. on the fucking route master. Beautiful. <laughs> and they go upstairs and give them the visa at the back window or something. It's funny, the little things about uh, sort of that era in your childhood that you remember, because I was watching it with my wife and kids. And after that bit and they run upstairs me and my missus just looked at each other and nodded with a smile like yeah straight upstairs <laughs> when, when you're a kid in the 80s on a route master yeah. it's like listen yeah. mate you're going straight upstairs if not you haven't got any bollocks about you at all yeah do Ups- not ups- fuck about straight on the top deck upstairs back seat yeah so uh, back to the arcade Zamo turns up he seems to be even more of a jittery mess than he was earlier on <laughs> his sunken eyes and his pallid skin what's interesting uh, Andy is that the first time you watch this it still was a surprise it was a, I remember yeah. watching this and I knew that this was the episode in which it would all be revealed and because there was no internet spoilers didn't really get out at mm. all and we knew this was the episode where the heroin uh, user was going to be revealed yeah. and as the episode went on I'm thinking to myself is it Zamo? 
Mm. No, it can't be Zemo. But by this stage, you're thinking, I don't know. He's acting really weird. I think it's going to be Zemo. But I thought he was just trying to do a motorbike deal. What's really going on here? And <laughs> um, maybe you were, because it kept going back and forth between him and those girls. Maybe they were keeping you guessing. Like the other thing was, who was the who was the dad of Michelle Fowler's baby? Do you remember that? That was a bit of saga as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a very commonly used trope in soaps and serials yeah. in the eighties, like Dallas, and, and they kept <clears throat> the Dallas EastEnders growing chill. And they were able... They don't do it anymore because it had just come out so quickly online. Yeah. But they were really able to sort of... And I remember reading a book once about The Sun, the heyday of the you know the Sun newspaper under Kelvin mm. McKenzie in the 80s, if you can call it a heyday. You know, it was like basically the John Pibface era. And one of the things that they cottoned onto in the mid-80s when EastEnders got enormous that they'd never done before was that they saw revealing plot spoilers, right on the big soaps was a legitimate form of reporting that was yeah. extremely popular with readers yeah, so yeah. like the, the, the editor Mackenzie or whoever has gone look we're running around spending a lot of time and energy on reports about government matters or crime or something like that and it real takes fucking forever yeah real life news and our readers do not give a fuck they find that boring what our mm. readers are thinking about and talking about every day is what's going on in the soaps so mm. if all you need is one source of some country who's got access to the fucking scripts in advance you report on that and people will start buying our paper more and that's what they did and they started splashing shit on the front page and stuff and that ruined all of these storylines for all of us forever because journalists are now the internet fucking will jump on it but in this case we all tuned in knowing that there was going to be a big reveal and I think that maybe the jump in between these girls and Zamo, maybe you're like, oh, there's a party, they're out late, little things happen, they're on a kind of an odyssey where they bump into ne'er-do-wells or they get into scrapes. That's the thing. And the whole time you're thinking, is this going to end with one of them doing fucking skag? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? It's just yeah. setting up, it's one, of, it's one of these stories, either, and it leans towards the fact that they're going to a party, it's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. be them. and when those but, lads um, come into it, you think, oh, these are the lads who are going to like say to them, Go on, try yeah. some of this. It'll make you feel dead nice. Yeah, totally. So we're back at the arcade and Zamo is a, is a mess. Um, he's, there's a skinhead there waiting for him whose name is Howard. <laughs> Howard, <laughs> Howard the skinhead. Howard the skinhead. <laughs> <laughs> like Barry the hippie. <laughs> My dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Howard the skinhead, he's also on edge, jittery. And he says to me, like, what about it? And uh, Have you got it? Or something like that. So, uh, Samuel gives Roland his money back, but Roland counts it, and it's not the full amount. It's forty three quid. So I'm so gets... I'm so relieved when most of the money's back because I'm thinking oh, to yeah, myself, yeah. there is oh, no completely. way, there is no way they get he's getting any of his money back, and he's going to lose his job. So when Samuel actually comes up with quite a lot of it, again, me and yeah. my wife were like, "Fucking thank God for that." I was getting pretty anxious. Yeah. I mean, you, you absolutely don't want Roland to. You never ever want Roland to get in the shit because he's no. just his he's, life has just been shit. I mean, he's in he's in probably what year eleven now. They're like fifteen, yeah. sixteen year old these characters, and you've you've watched five years of Roland Browning just being shat on. Yeah, and, and now he, he's finally started to get his life on track. He feels yeah. more like that in the arcade. He is someone. He's got status. He's king. 
He's yeah. got status. He's got credibility. He's got respect. He's so he's, he's finally comfortable in his own skin. And now this, yeah. but he keeps saying Samo's all right. I've I've known yeah. him all my life. He's not uh, like yeah, that. Exactly. And he's like such a good heart. He's a on mate. Him. Yeah, he's yeah. a mate, and I'll do anything it, for a mate. Rawlins just so desperate to have mates that he'll just let them trample all over him. Oh. But yeah, thankfully Roland does get almost all the money back for forty-three of the fifty, and Samo tells Howard to give him the other seven. And how yeah. someone he got a fiver? I'll give him that. I'll give it. I'll give you the rest tomorrow, Rowland. Quite a lot of detail, isn't there? Yeah. And Zamos says, "Can we go through the back? I left a bit of paper with the bloke's number on it." What, so, what in the fucking toilet? Well, it's or the back, back room. room. It's, it's, it's the back room of. The, oh yeah, um, I always thought it was the toilet, but it's not, is it? it the toilet's the bit with Jackie later on when she finds. Again, again, pre phones pre-internet you forget there's a great bit that filled me with nostalgia is when the two girls they can't they they end up on completely the wrong fucking side of town at completely the wrong house for the party and they want to abandon and one of them's going fuck this let's just fucking abandon the whole idea yeah and the other one's going no look we've come this far let's do it and then they get on the phone box to call up and try and fucking find out where the real address is there's so much nostalgia in that on every level Travelling for ages, the debate that there always is between you and a mate about whether you should commit having come this far or whether you should just abandon the plans. Getting on the fucking phone box to try and find out where you should be. (laughs) Walking for ages, getting hassled, getting splashed by a car. This is every kid's fucking Friday and Saturday night. Exactly. Right? In that era. And in this one, him saying, I left a bit of paper with the geezer's number on it. I mean, that just sounds mental now. It's like, what do you mean? You left a bit of paper with a number written on it in a room in an arcade. But even that's how your admin was done back then. You didn't have fucking notes on your phone. It was all bits of paper. Bits of paper left everywhere. Yeah. Um, And that's where we're at. So that these, Howard the skinhead and Zamo have gone through the back to look for the bit of paper the girls have got the wrong address for the party turns out they had the wrong postcode and like you say they decide not to bail out because they're they're caught in a lie because they said they were going to go to Laura's dad's and stay there so if they go back home obviously it's going to raise questions so they have to go through with it and find the party and it's just round the corner from where they live apparently Yeah. so they've gone on this fucking fool's errand almost so um, we'll leave it there because we're at the point where they're going to they're go to the party full of fit Swedes and <laughs> Zamo is about to go into the back room of the arcade. Someone's going to be taking paper, some smack. As he calls it. Yeah. Someone's going to be taking some smack, but who's it going to be? I mean, we already know. But Join us we'll next time. More. Yeah, to find out which child is on the heroin. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.